This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Very important and interesting, and that is human beings. Human beings. What makes us so special? Why did Hashem choose humanity as uh, His flagship for the universe? Heaven help us, we're the the flagship of of the universe. Why did Hashem choose us? So we have a Psalm 8. In Psalm 8, David Amenah says, Ma'adishim aretz, how glorious is your name in all the earth. Asher tenah you put your majesty over the heavens. you founded strength, which is the Torah, through the mouth of the, of the children. And then he continues, Ki'eresh This is a very beautiful psalm. Where, you know, we, we don't see the sky today. We, we're, we're just living in this uh, artificial bubble. We live with all these artificial lights. And we don't really see the sky. I was once uh, going to Canada, and it happened to be 2 in the morning. And I stopped at a rest stop. It was pitch black. All the lights were off. Opened the door, and I, we got out, me and my wife. See the sky. Wow. See the sky. See the stars in the sky. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's what David Amarach says. When I see the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you made. And then he asked the major question, which is our question tonight. Why do you care about mankind? Look at this massive universe around us. What's so special about man? That's David Amela's question, which we have to discuss. What is so special about humanity? So what is... Enosh, which is human beings, that you remember them. And you even think about human beings. Why do you even think about human beings? What makes them so special? And then he answers his own question, his rhetorical question. He answers a very strange answer. You have made him a little less than the angels. That's how you translate Elohim. And you crowned him with glory. Amazing. You have put him in charge of your works. Everything is under his feet. Amazing. Then he goes on. You can read the Psalm 8. It's a very amazing Psalm. And David Amalek asked the question, what is so special about mankind? You, know, you create the whole universe. Hashem, you create the whole universe. What's so special about humanity? Why are you paying attention to humanity? What do you, you put them over, over the whole uh, creation. You create them like angels. So the rabbis say man is the pinnacle of creation. He surpasses the angels even. We can even surpass him. We can be lower than the animals and we can be higher than the angels. How can we be higher than the angels? Amazing. And yet we appear to be insignificant compared to the universe. We're tiny. As Einstein says, we're like ants. Do we even think about ants? Why does Hashem even think about us? You walk down the street, you ever think about the ant on the floor. Hashem and us, there's an even bigger gap between them, ants and us, right? So why does Hashem even think about us? That's David Amin's question. So he answers, you're right. Physically, you're right, 100%. Hashem should not bother with us at all. Physically, you're right. We're tiny, we're microscopic. We're not even microscopic in Hashem's eyes. But spiritually, that's the superiority of man. Okay? Hashem says, Noah, your all will be all on all the, all the beings that live. I'm going to put your aura among the beings. You're going to have be a superior creation. You are superior. You're going to have domination of everything around you. So that's human beings. And human beings still, they keep on striving. They keep on striving. 
They keep on striving to achieve, achieve, achieve. We don't know what we're trying to achieve. That's the trouble. Problem is, we, most people don't know what they're trying to achieve. So we think, you know, science, technology, let's achieve, achieve, achieve. But what are we trying to do? Where's that drive coming from? That's the question. Where does that drive come from, the motivation? And what are we trying to achieve? So, David Melech in Psalm 8 gives us a little clue. He says, Ma'adir Shimcha Bechol Haaretz. How mighty is your name in, in the world? How mighty is your name in the world? So he's giving us a little riddle. You have made us less, a little less than divine. And the answer is, what does that mean? I mean, it's not about the body, it's about the soul. Hashem, you have made us a little bit less than divine. Our souls are a little bit less than divine. So that's the relationship. We have to understand the relationship between our souls and the upper worlds, our souls and Hashem. There's a tremendous link between our souls. The, the rabbis say the source of our souls, we talked a little bit about last week. The source of our souls comes from the highest worlds, the highest realms. And it's also linked to the Yudke Vavke. We talked about the five different parts of the soul. Well, four of them are directly linked to the Yudke Vavke. Right? The four letters of the Yudke Vavke. And the lowest level is the last hay. last hay is the nefesh. The nefesh. Which gives a person life, basically. Life, soul, life force. Then the vav is the ruach, which is the power of speech. Uh, the hay is the speech, which is... Uh, which is the thoughts of that. And the yud is the even higher thoughts. There's levels of thoughts. So there's higher thoughts and lower thoughts, which means really the, the will behind the thoughts. Because whenever you do something, you have a will behind it. And that's, that's a hard thing to figure out. What is my will? For example, let me give you an example. There was a person on Shabbat, the rabbi walks in, he sees a person opening the shulchan aruch, learning shulchan aruch. Wow, this guy's a tzaddik. He's learning Torah on Shabbat. He said, well, I'm really proud of you. He says, well, Rabbi, tell you the truth. I wanted to play a game of chess. I'm just trying to look up the halakha, what's halakha, if you're allowed to play chess on Shabbat. <laughs> so you see, his will was not to learn Torah. The will was to play chess. So it's very hard for us to figure out our will. What is motivating us? What is driving us? The answer is the will, and that's the hidden part. That's the little yud. The little yud, that's why it's so small. The little yud represents the will behind everything. And there's, there's something even higher than that. Let's not go there. So there's different parts of the soul. We're going to talk about four parts today. And the, the relationship between the, the soul and the worlds and God's name. There's a relationship between all four, all these three things. The soul, the worlds above, and Hashem's name. Those are the three things we're going to talk about. And we have to understand that as well. And what's that going to do with God's name is great through the world? Why did David Amelech have to say that? God's name is great to the, through the world. Okay, so we know Hashem created every form of life from the inanimate. Yes? So, where does the drive to succeed come from? Where does the drive to succeed? It comes from the will. The will. The, the highest level, will. The will. Ratzon. 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 So, the question is, what is our will? And the Mishnah and the Pirkavot hints to this, which we're going to talk about. Make his will your will. There's, there's a link over here between... If we can link our will and his will, you've reached one of the higher levels already. That's, that's really what the drive should be reaching for. That's really what a person's drive should be reaching for. Unfortunately, a person's drive is usually going the other direction of materialism. But our drive, that's what Pirkei was telling us. Your drive should be to link your, his will and your will. And then he'll make your will his will. You have to synchronize your wills. We're going to talk about that. Let's move on a little bit. But that's the, that's the highest level. The highest level is synchronizing wills. 
and uh, we're going to talk about that because that's where we're heading for. That's where a person should be motivated. That's where it should be pulling him towards that end. So, how great is your name in the whole world? That's really the key. The key is I'm trying to pull myself up to, to Hashem. I'm trying to join and link to Hashem. I'm trying to make an umbilical cord to Hashem. The, the truth is we already have an umbilical cord. The trouble is we can't see it. It's a spiritual cord. And sometimes we cut the cord. And that's karet. That's the punishment of karet, which is uh, cutting off the soul. So that's the, the umbilical cord. So the soul really is the umbilical cord to God. So there's three different views of creation. Let's just talk about this very deep and let's try to figure out the differences between the three different levels. So one level is a very high level. En od milvado. We say this when we take out the Torah, right? It's in from Devarim, Atari Taladat, Ki Hashem Hu Ha'elokim, Bashamayimimah, Mitachat, En Od. Right? So we say this uh, every, every Shabbat, we take out the Torah, You Hashem, En Od milvado. There's nothing apart from Hashem. That means everything you see, everything you touch, is Hashem. I thought it was very high level, because we can't even fathom that. What does that mean? I see tables, I see chairs, I see people, I see animals, I see birds, I see sky, I see... How is that Hashem? But the highest level is that everything is an emanation from Hashem. So be aware that everything that exists is an emanation from Hashem. It's very hard to even fathom that, even how to, to look at that. Okay. So since Hashem gives everything existence... If Hashem wouldn't give them existence, they wouldn't be there. If they wouldn't be there, that means they're all emanations from Hashem. He's giving them existence. And therefore, there's nothing but Hashem. That's a very high level. It's very hard to internalize and live like that. Though a person might glimpse it in the higher stage of existence. You know, when I was in Shiva, um, you know, you're praying, it's amazing. Praying, saying Shema in Yeshiva is like, there's nothing like it, right? If you go to RJJ, say Shema, right? How long does it take to say Shema? It takes a couple of minutes to say the first line. It's amazing. Everyone's screaming, Shema Yisrael. It's like a different state. You get into a different mental state. You get into a meditative kind of state. Everyone's screaming, there's Shema, and you're hearing it. It's amazing. And we're going to talk about that a bit later, about how to resonate. The soul also resonates. The more souls together, the more they resonate together. Amazing. We're going to talk about that. We'll get there. So that's number one, is Eimolva. So I'm sitting in the yeshiva, and I'm th- looking at all these guys praying Shema Yisrael with their talits over their heads. And try and imagine they all see their souls, not their bodies. You imagine the souls. The souls are moving. It's an amazing thing, thought. Just look at it. You don't see bodies. You see the talib. You don't see it. You see all the souls are moving, serving Hashem. It's amazing. It's an amazing concept. So that's the idea. Enom Vado means you see everything and everything is an emanation from Hashem. That's the highest level because it's very hard for us with our minds, our small, tiny, puny minds, to be able to think about such a thing. Number two. And this is classic Kabbalah. This is classic Kabbalah. And that is Hashem's, the Oren Sof, the light of Hashem, diffuses through the worlds. And the worlds telescope out from the highest world to the lower worlds outwards, right? They're telescoping out. So the, the lower worlds are telescoping out the higher worlds. All, and all, they're all telescoping out from Hashem. So through very, various stages of intelligence and spirit and eventually manifesting in this physical world. This physical world is the bottom of all the worlds, hopefully. There may be something below, which we don't want to go into. But uh, it's, we're, we're at the bottom tip. It's amazing. Think about it. We're at the bottom tip. This is the bottom tip of creation. The physical world is the, most, is the lowest world Hashem created. Everything above that is more spiritual. So above this is the world of angels. Above, this is the world, above that is the world of the throne. Whatever. We're going to, come to, we're going to talk a bit about that. 
And above that is Atzilut, which is uh, one of the highest worlds. There's four different levels of worlds as well, all related to God's name, Yudke Vavke. So, uh, so we can get to another worldview, which is the Orient of the light of God is coming through, and it's becoming more and more constricted, more and more hidden, and more and more material. That's referred to as Simtum. And the further down, the further away it gets from Hashem, the or Hashem, the further away it gets, it gets more constricted and more, we see materialism. But it's not really materialism, because it's, it's energy. But we see it as materialism. What exactly do you mean by telescoping? It telescopes out from Hashem. You just graphically... Have you seen uh, like, a, like a telescope, how it comes out? So it's coming from above, and it's, you're pulling it out. Hashem is pulling it out. It's not getting wider. It's not getting wider. It's getting narrower. It's getting narrower, but the truth is that the... The, the hard part to understand is that the spiritual worlds are narrower and these, the physical world is thicker because <laughs> it's physical. So the, the spiritual worlds are something you can't even see. So they, imagine a very, thin, a thin, a very thin thread. The highest worlds are like a thin thread. And the threads getting bigger and then bigger and then bigger and bigger to get into a physical world. So it's the opposite of a telescope. So the thick end of the telescope is below, but it's coming from above. So it's coming from the opening up from the thin end and opening up to the thick end. Interesting. Okay. And uh, the truth is, everything's one inside the other. It's a 3D. Uh, it's hard to even think about it because it may not be 3D. I'm just giving you an example. Made um, 3D, in other words, the, the inner worlds are in the inside and the outer worlds are on the outside. And they get thicker and thicker and thicker. Like a peel of an onion. That's the classic Kabbalistic concept. It's all like the peel of an onion. You peel one layer, there's another layer. You peel off one world, below it, there's another world behind it. A higher world. Peel off another layer, another world behind it, even higher layer, and on and on and so forth. Another layer, another layer, another layer. Amazing. So the physical world is like the skin of the onion? Yeah, it would be the outside, yes. Or another way of looking at it is the telescope, which is uh, one di- uh, it's two-dimensional. You can look at three-dimensionally, or you can do two-dimensional. A third paradigm is the ultimate paradox, and that's a combination of both. Right? While creation involves the contraction, or concealment of divine light until you see a separate reality. Hashem remains the only reality. It's a combination of both. That is a symptom, but there's really, it's all Hashem. You, cannot, you can't see it, but Hashem, it's all Hashem. It's all emanation of Hashem. Hashem's light fills everything hidden, waiting to be discovered. We have to discover Hashem's light. Everything is there, everything is from Hashem's light. We have to discover, pin it into Hashem's light and everything. There's Hashem's light and everything. We have to. Discover Hashem's light in everything. So you have to discover Hashem's light in your food, discover Hashem's light in your uh, house, and that's what he said, Mikdash Me'at. You take the beams and you take the sockets and you build a temple to Hashem, you build a Bishkan. You're bringing out the light of God from those things. Okay, so those are the three different uh, paradigms. One paradigm is everything is God. Very hard to think about. The second one is what we see is hidden manifestation of God. And the third is there's both. There's Hashem who's hidden and inside this Hashem. It's pure Hashem. It's pure Hashem. The light of Hashem. So perceiving creation to be separate from Hashem is a subjective mindset. And that's what most people... God is there and there's creation. What's God and creation going to do with each other? Not much. God created and walked away. Einstein. God created and walked away. And that's what enables our free will. We don't see creation and God as linked. We don't see this physical world as being part of God. We don't see it. We see two separate things. We see God and the physical world. That's, that's what gives us free will. That's, that's what gives us free will. 
you know, there's a, there's a beautiful Nefesh HaChayim. Nefesh HaChayim. Rav Chaim he was one of the students of the, of the Vilna Gaon. He says that the Simpsum is in our heads. God can't, God does not restrict himself. There's no constriction of God. God is everywhere, by definition. The whole world is full of God's uh, glory. So what do you mean, the constriction? What's the constriction of God? And the answer is, our minds were constricted. We can't see it. So our abilities to comprehend were limited. That's a constriction. Okay, now we come to a very beautiful idea. These three states we just talked about. Edom Vador, the Tzimtzum, which is everything we see is a physical manifestation or itself. And number three, a mixture of both. The Sefer Bahir and the Gemara Hagiga. Bring down the Kedusha prayer. What do you say in the Kedusha? There are three different verses in the Kedusha. Right? The first verse is Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Right? Which literally means you're trying to get up to the three worlds. You're trying to climb up three worlds, three levels. You're at the bottom level. You're climbing up one, two, three steps. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Only trouble is, every time you go up, you, you come down. <laughs> you can't. We're human beings. We can't stay up there. It's a temporary thing. Only Moshe Rabbeinu could stay up there. 40 days, 40 nights, he stayed up there. And we saw last Shabbat that Eliyahu Navi also had his 40-day vision. He was up there. He never ate or drank for 40 days. Same thing. The difference is that Eliyahu Navi ate and prepared for it. The angel gave him food before that. And Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't see getting anything before that. Moshe Rabbeinu could just go and empty. I mean, he could run empty. I'm sure I had a car like that. He could run and empty. Yeshua, um, Eliyahu Navi had to be full and then run. Huh? Hybrid. Hybrid, uh, I don't know. He just ran. He had nothing. He had God's energy, that's it. Pure energy. So, the first line is Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. The whole world is full of His glory. That is the first concept of En or Milvado. The whole world is full of His glory. That is His glory. Everything you see is God's glory. That is the first concept. En or Milvado. There's nothing else but God. Everything you see is God. That's the first line of the Kadusha. The second level, that was Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu was the highest level. The second level, Yehaskel. Yehaskel says, Baruch Kevod Hashem Mimkomo. Blessed is the glory of God from His place. What does that mean? Hashem's glory emanates from His place, which is the audience of the light of Hashem is coming from Hashem. It's emanating from His place. And that's what you see. You see the emanations of light from Hashem's place. But you don't see, you don't, you don't see clearly that Hashem is there. The third paradigm, is the third verse. <coughs> and this is from Tehilim. Yimloch Hashem le'olam la'ayatzion do'adu halaliyah. May the Lord reign forever, the God of Zion, for generation after generation. Is the third view, which is the unification of Hashem into our world. So that's basically a three view. Interesting, three lines of the Kedusha are these three different opinions, uh, three different aspects. So Yeshayahu was on the highest level, he got to the highest level, Eino Mivado. Yechezkel, who is number two, he gets to the stage where he sees the emanations of God. And number three is David Abelech and Tehillim. He says, I see both. I see combination. Both. Uh, now, the problem is that everything is subjective. We see everything subjectively. Everything is filtered through our egos. Everything we see in this world is filtered through our egos, is filtered through our minds, our understanding of what's going on. That's it. That is really the biggest problem. That's the bottleneck in the system. The bottleneck in the system is everything we see is filtered through the mind. So people who are rational, 
they accept less. It's amazing. People not rational, they can accept more, but who knows if it's right or wrong. <laughs> it's very, it's a danger, and it's also an opening. It's amazing. It's a danger, and it's opening. So a person, say, is more rational, it's much harder for him to accept something he can't understand. Prophecy is very hard to accept. How do you do that? So you see the New York Times every year, it's about the crossing of the sea and how the sea split. They just can't accept that Hashem can make a miracle. Right, everything's going to be explained rationally. Science. What's the science behind it? What about above science? Well, we don't believe in above science. That's it. It's rational. So that's the bottleneck in the system. We don't, if we can't believe anything above science, Hashem is obviously above science. Hashem created science. And science can conform to Hashem's wishes any time. It's a different level of science. Okay? It's metaphysical science. Okay? So the physical sciences, okay, I can understand. But there's metaphysical. You know, it's interesting how science today is becoming more and more metaphysical. Quantum mechanics. I don't even know where the particle is. I can give you a range. It's amazing how it's becoming more like a belief system. String theory, which we're going to talk about. The whole thing, it's like string. I don't really understand string theory myself. I got a book on it, I just couldn't understand it. It's like string theory, right? You know, Ari, can you explain it to us? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, we'll talk about it some other time. String theory. I'll put you on the spot. String theory. Uh, but we're going to talk about the resonation because strings do resonate and it really matches exactly what the Kabbalah says about theory. Okay. So, so, for example, that's the difference between halakha. Halakha presents reality according to subjective observations. Okay? And, for example, we just read, it's interesting, we just read last week, Lashabat, the Kohen comes along. Right? The Kohen comes along, the guy comes along, he says, I have a white spot. So go to the doctor. No, it's not, it's not medically indicated to go to the doctor. The doctor has no cures for it. It's not a physical ailment. It's not leprosy, as we know. It's not physiological. It's a spiritual ailment. So you have to go to the coin. So go to the coin. The coin says, let's see, white spot. Okay, you have a white spot over here. I see it has a white hair in it. Ooh, it has a white hair in it. Oh, that's not good. That's bad. You know what? We have to lock you up for a week. <laughs> so you lock him up inside, inside his house for a week. Quarantine. And the next week the coin comes back. And the guy says, hmm, seems like it's spread. Bad news. If it's spread, it's tummy. You're defiled. You have to go outside the camp. You have to cover your face, your mouth, you have to cover, and you, you have to grow your hair. And you have to take a bell with you wherever you go and say, tame, 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 I'm defiled, I'm defiled. So it's very subjective. The Kohen decides, looking at, and the, the, the halakha is, the judge decides according to what his eyes see. Very subjective. The rabbi decides according to his eyes see. The woman comes along. You see this. This is what had bleed, had some bleeding. Is it is it is it tamei or tahor? I can only see it. it. Depends on my eyesight. I only go by what I see. It's subjective. It's very subjective. Halakha is very subjective. Obviously, there's rules, but eventually, if you go and ask a question, it's very subjective. What the rabbi sees. Is the needle in the, li- in the liver, is it going right through the liver, is it going through, you go over a kosher animal. Is the, is the bone broken, is it not broken, is the blood from the, would it, would it break before the shechita, did it break after the shechita? It's all very subjective. So it's amazing. So halakha is very subjective. The reality of the situation is all very subjective, it's very interesting. The reality we see is very subjective. You can see the table is straight, I can see a table is curved. It's very subjective. And then you have to measure it and find out what the reality is. But it's very subjective. Perceiving creation to be separate from God is a subjective mindset. 
but it's essential for the human condition. Why? Because it gives us free will. Without that, if you could see God so clearly, believe me, there'd be no free will. Uh, it's like seeing a cop in your rearview mirror. You never speed. And today I have ways, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> yeah, you got ways, tells you, police, then. It usually makes a mistake because it's really, it's, it, he's gone already by then, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> and sometimes he's there with him, and, you know, no one, no one pushed the button. So, but you don't know what's going on. But uh, that's, uh, if you could see Hashem, clearly you wouldn't do anything. The pillar of cloud is there, the pillar of fire is there, day and night is there. But you know what? Maybe he's not watching me. Maybe the pillar of cloud is there, but it's not watching. You know, it's hard. Even then, a person will rationalize things. It's very subjective. So everything depends on a person's awareness of Hashem. Human consciousness reveals God's consciousness within the boundaries of creation. Okay. And that's the secret of the creation of man. Why? Because Hashem created man with two names. It's interesting. Everything else was created with the name Elohim. Man was created, or the son of Ayitzer, Hashem Elohim, et Adam. And Elohim in the person. So Elohim is the God of nature, hidden completely. That's why Hashem had to put a little bit of Yudke Vavke in it. Otherwise, man would never get to God. He'd be so inside nature, we would see outside nature. When God created man, he created man with these, both these names. Amazing. And this concept, the Rambam, this is a very interesting Rambam. And it's not in the Rambam, it's in the Morin of Uchim, the Rambam. It's in the Guide to the Perplexed. In uh, part one, chapter two. He explains the secret of Ruach HaKodesh. And I think we, talked it, we touched on it once. What is Ruach HaKodesh? He says, the Shekhinah, which is God's presence, residing within a person, causes divine enlightenment. Ruach HaKodesh is attained by so perfecting one's human desires, such that the subjective awareness merges with the reality of God's truth. The perfection of pure objectivity, which is the state of Adam and Eve before the sin. Adam and Eve for the sin, there was no difference between their, ob- their objectivity and Hashem. That's, they had no subjectivity. It wasn't a subjective, everything was objective. And that's really what we're trying to do. That's what he talks about. Perkyavot, right? Make his will like your will. If your will and his will are together, then you're looking at things objectively. If your will and his will are two separate things, then you're looking at things subjectively. Because your will is totally different than God's will. So you're not on the same wavelength. You look at things the way you're looking at two things. And how does a person merge their soul with Hashem? Well, that's a major question. The answer is very simple. It's very simple and very hard at the same time. It's very simple because we said that our soul goes all the way up. Our soul goes all the way up. Right to the top. It's all the way to the shorish of our soul. And it depends on the person's shorish, but usually the shorish is a very, very high place. So if we can merge our lower soul with our higher soul, that's how we get Ruach HaKodesh. That's how a person can get Ruach HaKodesh, a prophecy. Merging the higher soul and the lower soul. How does a person do that? Through meditation on the Torah, through doing mitzvot. The influence of the higher soul is strengthened until the lower soul unites with it. Now the trouble is there's so many distractions. So what happens, every time there's a distraction, they, they, they break apart. Every time there's a distraction, they break apart. Suppose it's totally immersed in spirituality, you'll find that the Shabbat is great. Shabbat is really excellent. But it depends, again, on Shabbat, if you're eating and drinking and you're spending the whole time chatting, schmoozing, it's very unlikely this is going to happen. If you're talking to the Torah, and you're learning Torah, and you're spiritual, your soul is bonded together. The souls are bonded. It's a high level of existence, I know. It's a very high, it's a much higher level of existence. 
whoever experienced it knows it's a much higher level of existence, and that's why you need Havdalah to get out of it. It's like you need to smell the... Because there's a crash, there's a break between the two. Love, I can just keep it on, keep it going. So, when, when that happens through meditation on the Torah, the influence of the higher soul is strengthened until the lower soul unites with the higher soul. When that becomes, when that connection is there, then the lower soul unites and a person becomes privy to a hidden reality. We become privy to the hidden reality. That Hashem is everywhere. At that point, there's no subjectivity in this truth because the person realizes Hashem is everywhere. Hashem's presence is there, everywhere. Okay. So, we have to realize, and this is Nefesh HaChaim, a very, very important point. He says, the vision of Ezekiel, the vision of the Merkava, this is wild, the vision of the Merkava. Ezekiel sees this chariot, whatever it is, the chariot, and he sees the likeness of a man on the chariot. Who is the likeness of the man on the chariot? So you think, you know, it's Hashem. It's the likeness of a man on a chariot. It's Hashem. No. Nebuchadnezzar Chaim says, who is running the affairs, state of affairs, is the likeness of a man which is Knesset Israel. What is Knesset Israel? It's the storage of all Jewish souls. Knesset Israel is the storage of all Jewish souls. We human beings through our souls are running the whole world, the universe. Hashem gave us the power to run the universe. Amazing. So you always think we are puppets and Hashem is pulling our strings. Wrong. Hashem gave us the ability to pull the strings of all the universe. Up to a certain point. We have the ability to pull the strings of the universe. Amazing. So we are not only the master of our own experiences, we are the center of the universe. That's what David Abraham said. We're little less than angels. Or we are, we are angels. We're above the angels. We are partners with God in the evolving universe. Okay, so that's a very important point. We can be, I mean, we are, whatever we're doing, we're either, we're either breaking worlds or we're, or we're making worlds. We're either fixing or breaking. That's the, there's only two things human beings do all day long. We either smash or we create. It's amazing. You go to, you, after a person passes away, they'll show them. See all those worlds? Those are all your worlds. You create them. You see those destructions over there? There's all your the destruction of what you did. Oh, I did this. Yeah, you did it. But I, I didn't. I didn't intend to do it. So, yeah, general rule of the Gemara. The Gemara says a beautiful idea. It's not so beautiful. It's very. It's very harsh. It's a harsh reality. Adam muad leolam. A human being is is liable for damages done even when they're sleeping. For example, you invite me over to your house, and I toss and turn in my sleep. I'm just giving an example. And there's a lamp over there, and I toss and turn in my sleep, and I knocked it over, and I smashed it. Who has to pay for the lamp? And the answer is, I do. But I was sleeping. And the Quran says, Adam Adam, a person who is responsible for damages, even when they're sleeping. So a person comes along and says, Hashem, I didn't know. I was like asleep. I smashed this world and I smashed that world. But you know what? We can fix it as well. How do you fix it? Teshuvah. You can only fix it. You can create with Teshuvah. You could do mighty things with Teshuvah. So we have that ability to create. We also have the ability to smash. And we can smash and the higher the, the, the person's level, the more higher they smash it. So it depends on, the of the, depends on the shorsh of the soul. And no one really knows what the shorsh of the soul is, because you can always get more soul. There's no end to soul. There's plenty of soul wanting to come in. So you can get plenty of soul. So even though a person, say, reached... Yeah. Even though a person uh, reached uh, the ends of their limits... 
they uh, they can always get something else. There's no end to it. There's no end to it. So, so that's that's a very important idea. Okay. We are not the masters of our, our not just of our experiences. We're masters of the universe. We are the masters of the universe. It's amazing. Only trouble is we don't realize it. If we realized it, we would see the responsibility. That's what Rabban tells us, right? In Chot Teshuvah, Rabban tells us, if a person should view themselves as if they are the balance between the world being destroyed and the world being created. Remember the Rabban? Remember the Rabban? Right? He says, if there are more good deeds than bad deeds in the world, the world will be... If there's more bad deeds, it will be destroyed. If there's more good deeds, it will be saved. We have to imagine that we hold that key of that balance. Every one of us. If I do one more good deed, the world will be balanced for good. Trump is very hard to think about that. Tremendous responsibility. But that's what we're saying over here. That's what we're saying. Every person is responsible. We can create worlds. We can destroy worlds. Because our souls go up all the way there, and we have tremendous vibrations going up. We just don't see it. We just don't see the vibration. So we're not just the master of our own spirits. We're also the masters of the evolving cosmos. So, amazing. You know, today there's a thing called the butterfly effect. Have you heard the butterfly effect? Mm-hmm. Amazing. The butterfly flies over here. Three months later, there's a big storm in China. Every little action has a tremendous reaction. Not just a reaction. You know, some people want to say that the reason why there's so many tornadoes in America is because we drive on the other side of the road. That's a British explanation. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the cars, they're whizzing, whizzing, whizzing. They're turning the air. The air's going in a direction. It goes like... Yeah, you change the side of the road. You're British, that's it. That's the answer. If we remedy all the situations. But, it, but there, there is some truth to it. That's the answer, the butterfly effect. There is some truth to it. Now, just think of the butterfly effect applying to the whole universe. Everything we do, every small thing we do has tremendous impacts in the world above. Tremendous impacts in the world above. And the only problem is that a person's thoughts are even higher than this. There's different levels, right? So physical world is related to physical action. The speech is related to the world above that. And thoughts are related to the world even above that. So now, when a person thinks bad thoughts, he's smashing higher worlds. Ooh. There's no, there's, no khat, there's no khatat offering. He cannot atone for thoughts. It has to be a burnt offering. If a person can't atone for it's amazing. So physical deeds we can atone for. When you bring a sin offering in the, in the temple, you bring a cow. Thoughts and words, there's no atonement. That you can do not officially, you have to strive, you have to do teshuvah. It's, it's a much more intangible, these are intangibles, and they have effects in higher worlds. So all our actions, all our speech, all our thoughts are significant. And that's the butterfly effect in the physical world, which has a butterfly effect in the spiritual world, how much more so. The Baal Shem Tov says, and this is also Rambam, a person is where their thoughts are. Amazing. Where you, where you are thinking, that's where you are right now. If you're thinking about Hawaii and the beach, I've never been there. I can never be there. I never think about it. I don't know. What, no. So you can think about you're on the beach in Hawaii. You really are there. Amazing. You can you could be somewhere else. It's time travel. You could be somewhere else, some other time. It's amazing. We have the ability in our minds to hook up to a place which isn't even there. You have these uh, science fiction writers They're hooking up to places which are not even there yet. They're, they're creating worlds. I always thought about this. Think about this. You're dreaming. And you see things in your dream. Are those things real or not real? Not real. They're not real, right? 
But in your dream, they're real, right? So on some level, are they existing? The answer is yes. In your dream, they exist. You are created. You just created them in your dream. You are willing them to exist. Just like That's Hashem's world. Hashem is not dreaming. Hashem is thinking. <laughs> and it is thoughts. We're existing somehow. And that's how creation comes into being. Let there be this, let there be that, let there be that. It's like Hashem's willing them all to exist. Without Hashem willing it to exist, it wouldn't exist. Hashem is not just willing to exist. He's renewing it every second. It's like the hurts in, a, in the uh, video, video tube or whatever, electricity, it's hurts, right? It's renewed. The screen, your screen, LCD screen, whatever it is, screen, whatever screen you use, it's being renewed. The picture is being renewed. What is it, 50 hertz? 60, 120. 60, well, 120 is the voltage, huh? No, they have different hertz. Different hertz, okay. Yeah. So it depends on, it's being renewed like that. Hashem is renewing, renewing, renewing. Same thing, a person can will in their dream to kill the thing you're thinking about or, or keep it going. Huh? You're scaring me, Rabbi. But don't worry, Hashem is there. Mm-hmm. That's a comforting <laughs> thought. Wherever you are, it's the most comforting thought. Hashem is with you. That's, that's Psalm 23. Think about it all the time. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You are with me. Hashem is with us wherever we are. We're sleeping, awake. And that's what a person got to think about. That's what we tell our children. It's good to have a scary dream once in a while. Because then you reinforce your belief in Hashem. So a child gets a bad dream, wakes up, says, what's the problem? Don't worry about it. Hashem is with you. It's a learning experience. It's a learning moment. Teaching moment. Amazing. So Hashem is the creator, but he created us to control the universe. Amazing. The power of a human being. The different worlds. They're under our control. That's amazing. There are four levels of awareness. Different levels. We want to, let's start with the bottom one. The bottom one is physical awareness. Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it uh, humid? Is it not humid? All the physical awareness. Are you tired? Are you hungry? Physical awareness. Lowest level. The consciousness of being and existing apart from the rest of the world. A person is conscious. I feel this. I feel that. I feel this. I feel that. That's So that is the interaction between the physical senses with the outside world. That's the lowest level of awareness, physical awareness. Higher, next level, intuitive awareness. Now, some people are better than others. They have some kind of intuition. They can think intuitively. They can feel something happening. Even before it happens, they can intuitively feel, or they can feel something happening around, far away from them, and they can feel it intuitively. So it's called emotional or intuitive awareness. The third level is intellectual awareness, or soul awareness. It's interesting, the intellect and the soul are combined. And the highest level is the prophetic awareness. Prophetic awareness, where a person gets Hashem's awareness into them. So three, four different levels. Let's recap. The lowest level is physical awareness. We're all physically aware. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you hot? Are you cold? Uh, Number two, intuitive awareness or emotional awareness. Like some women have very amazing, they can feel my child's in trouble. My child is happy. My child is this. They can feel it. Intuitively, they feel it. Third level is intellectual awareness or what we call the soul awareness. The soul is aware of something. Intellectually, you know, there's a knowledge that comes from Hashem. That intellectual awareness. And the highest level is the prophetic awareness. Okay, so these four levels relate to four types of human expression. So the highest level is the prophetic awareness, which is aspiration, ratzon. Ratzon is related to the highest, that's why. 
if you can do his will like your will, you're just getting yourself onto the highest level. If you make God's will your will, you know, the uh, Chabad, they had this thing, the army of God. I want to be part of the army of God. I want to do God's will all the time. We want to do the will of God. That is the highest level to reach. The will of God, that leads to prophecy. And the trouble is we always break away from it somehow. Then you eat. Now when you're eating, are you doing the will of God or are you doing your will? So it's a combo. It's very hard to do purely eat for the sake of God, which means if you eat for, purely for the sake of God, you won't eat anything good. Good in the sense of uh, really good. Mm. You won't know, you won't know. <laughs> you see, for the sake of uh, health, he eats for the sake of God all the time. So uh, a person who eats healthy food all the time, even though it's bland, that's eating for the sake of God. If he's eating for the sake of God, if he wants to be healthy to serve God, he wants to be healthy in order to live a long life to enjoy, it's not, I don't know if that's for the sake of God. I mean, God wants you to enjoy as well, that's for sure. <laughs> so it's very important. The thoughts can lead to high levels of service of God and the low levels, even when a person is doing something mundane. Mm-hmm. So like Hillel, Hillel's very happy. He said, Hillel, what's, why are you so happy? You're going to, to, the, to the bathroom. He said, I'm happy. Go to the bathroom. He said, what mitzvah are you doing in the bathroom? He said, I'm washing God's Man is created the image of God. I'm washing the image of God. I'm happy. I'm washing the image of God. They pay people in Madame Tussauds to wash the uh, the faces of the president. You know, imagine the president sees his face. He goes Madame Tussauds. Sees his face dirty. <laughs> so how much more? So Hashem will reward me if my face is clean. Because I'm the image of God walking around. So the image of God is dirty. It's disgusting for Hashem. It's a chil Hashem. Person brushes their teeth. It's, it's kiddush Hashem. The Jew has a white teeth. Why well, it's kiddush Hashem? Jewish yellow teeth, not such kiddush Hashem. But it's got to look good. You got to look good because they're looking at you. Jew looks bad. It's the kiddush Hashem. It's the image of God. That's what Hillel is telling us. That even in mundane things, even going to the bathroom, he's thinking holy thoughts. I'm washing the image of God. Can you imagine raising up this shower to amazing, amazing. So four levels of human awareness: the physical awareness, intuitive awareness, intellectual awareness, and prophetic awareness. Okay. And these four levels relate to four types of human expression. The highest level is Ratzon, the will, the will. The second level is the thoughts. Now everything comes from the will. The thoughts also come from your will. Why? Because I'm thinking about something which I really want to do. What do you think about? You think about things you want to do. The want is the will, is the highest level. And that want, that will, runs your life, basically. If that will is a holy will... Your life is run in holiness. If your will is, usually it's a mixture of both. There's Yetzirah, Yetzirah Tov. It's a mixture of, the will is messed up. That's the trouble. And that's why, that, that's again, make his will your will. So otherwise, it's not going to be his will. It's going to be a mixture. His will, your will. Some people, it's just totally your will. It's not his will at all. It's totally desire, lust, and other things. Materialism. So, let's finish off at this point. The four levels. Ratzon, thought, speech, and action. And these things relate to the four divine worlds the soul encounters as it descends from its source. So the soul is coming down. Think about it. The baby is being born. The soul is coming down. There's a big machloket in the Gemara between uh, Antoninus and Rebbe. It's interesting. Antoninus became the Caesar of the Roman Empire. Antoninus. And in fact, when Rebbe, or Hudanasi was born, his parents, Roman Gamliel and his wife, they're not allowed to bring me now. It was forbidden under the Romans to do Brit Milah at that time. 
They did it anyway. He's liable death penalty. Kill the baby, kill the father, mother. But the procurator's scared. It's going to be a revolt. So you know what he does? He sends him to Rome. Go to Rome, let the Caesar decide. <laughs> On the way to Rome, they have friends over there who are Romans. They said, you know what? Let's switch babies. They switched Antoninus and Rebbe with their babies. Imagine. The future emperor of Rome switched with Rebbe Huda Nasi temporarily. They take the baby with them to the, to the Caesar and they tell him, we were sent here by the procurator of Palestine uh, because we we, he says we circumcised that baby. He says, okay, let's look at the baby. They open the baby, not circumcised. He says, you're free, go away. <laughs> but eventually, these two boys grow up as best friends. Amazing. And when Antoninus became the emperor, his best friend was Rabbi Nasi. And one day he asked a question. He says, tell me, he says, when does the soul enter the body? Is it at conception or is it at birth? So the Gemara says, Antoninus says at conception. Rabbi Huda Nasi says at birth. Now who's right? The Caesar or the chief rabbi? <laughs> so the Gemara says he was right. Antoninus was right. Why? Because if the soul is not in the body, the fetus would not survive. You need a little bit of element over there to keep that fetus going. If this, so amazing. So halacha is like Antoninus in that situation. It's not really halacha, it's more philosophy. It's not a philosophical halacha. Amazing, amazing concept. So the soul comes in. So that's the soul coming down. It comes from the highest levels. It comes from the Atilut, down into the Bria, to the Yitzira, to the Atilut. To the Asiya, right where we are, Asiya. So from the highest realms of the soul and creation to the angelic worlds of formation, right down to our soul of the material. Okay, so four levels it comes down. The Zohar describes the soul originating from the Kisei HaKavod. It says the souls of Israel are under the Kisei HaKavod, the throne of glory. What does this Kisei HaKavod mean? It's beautiful, beautiful. And the answer is the word Kisei does not mean Kisei. The word Kisei comes from the word Kisui, which is a covering. It's a covering. The throne receives and covers God's glory to enable creation to benefit from God's light without being overwhelmed. In other words, it's, it's really, it's not, a, it's not a throne of God, it's a covering of God. It's called a masach. Masach means a break, a curtain, a parochet. That's why there's a parochet outside between the Holy of Holies and the Holy. There's a curtain over there. Why? So the light of God will not blind everyone. It's got to filter through this masach. So that's the idea. The Kisav code is really a, a kisui, which, which is an obstruction to the light so that it doesn't blind everyone. It doesn't. Okay. Now, we have to understand there's two kinds of light. Just finish off. Two kinds of light. Kabbalah, the Kabbalah talks about two kinds of light. It talks about Or Yashar and Or Chazer. Straight light coming down and Or Chazer going back. Reflection. There's light going down as reflected light. For example, the sun gives you Or Yashar. The moon gives you Or Chazer. Okay, let's get that clear. The sun gives you Or Yashar and the moon gives you Or Chazer. The rabbi gives you Or Yashar and the students give the rabbi Or Chazer. When they ask questions, when they question, they try to clarify it's Or Chazer. And that's what Rabbi Kiva says, I learned more from my students. What was the statement? Do you remember? I learned more from my students than my rabbis. Is that right? Something like that. So what, how do you learn more from the students than the rabbis? The answer is, got more Chazer. The Or Chazer awakens arouses to give you more insights so you can think more and you can give you more more Oryashar. And that's what we do all the time. We are we're shining up light. 
Hashem is giving us the abilities to do certain things. And we, through our tefillah, through our learning Torah, we are shining the light back. That's Or Chazer. And that's our job. Our job is returning to God, Or Chazer. And Or Chazer once more. So this thirst for divine origin, that's really the Or Chazer, is the source of man's aspiration. That's, this is really the answer to our question. What is the secret to what motivates us all the time? Unfortunately, people don't realize it. We want to link ourselves to God. We want more of the godly. We want more of the spiritual. But it's not what the body is understanding. It's not what we're understanding. Because it's filtered through our ego. And therefore, a person becomes an addiction. A person wants more something. They can't put their finger on it. And by the way, this is brought down to Carl Jung. Have you heard of Carl Jung? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about more uh, uh, next time. Yeah, Carl Jung. Let's just quote Carl Jung. Carl Jung was uh, one of the 20th century pioneers in psychology. He quoted Tehilim. Look at this. Carl Jung quotes Tehilim. <laughs> Chapter 41, verse 2. <laughs> Just like a heart, which is a, a female uh, deer, right? Heart? Male deer? Guys, anyone know English over here? Heart. H-A-R-T. Male deer? It's a kind of deer. It's a kind of deer, okay. Right. Let's be safe. I think it's a male deer. 50-50, okay. Heart. A heart longs for water. Longs for the water. So too my soul yearns for you, God. I mean, but this is really, he's stating where the motivation of a human being comes from. Just, we just don't understand it. We just don't understand the real motivation behind us. Everything. So we think we, we express it because it's filtered it's subjective. The real motivation is we're searching for God. We're yearning to, be, to hook on to God. Unfortunately, the human being translates it as I need something to fill the void in my life. And this became the only reason for addictions. This is Carl Jung. Amazing. Amazing letter that Carl Jung wrote. Amazing. And that's where the Alcoholics Anonymous based this on the idea filling the person up with spirituality because he wants something there's a void in their life why does a person go on drugs why does a person go on alcohol addictions because there's a void in their life they need to fill up but they don't realize this void is a spiritual void why do people go to the malls all the time because there's a void in their lives that they need to fill up and they don't understand where it's coming from they don't know how to fill it up that's a problem amazing okay very good we'll stop here and we'll continue with Bezrash I'm leaving next week You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.